You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors. Rochelle Vanderzanden here. Can't say my own name today, but it's Rochelle Vanderzanden, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> I'm here with my colleague, Corey Janoff. Hello. Yep. And today... We're going to talk a little bit about the stock market because it's been scary lately, but also the economy and how the stock market and the economy, a lot of people treat almost like they're synonymous or like they're the same exact thing when really they're not. They're two very different things and sometimes they move together, sometimes they don't move together and we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like. Um, Now, in 2022, the stock market's down quite a bit, about 20% year to date at the end of June. Who knows what it'll look like when we publish this in a month. Like There'll probably be some ups and downs between now and then. A lot of times when that happens, people get worried about what's going to happen next and not necessarily just with the stock market, also with the economy and with jobs and all of those things. And we've heard a lot of the scary R word lately. And I think in our circles, when we talk about a scary R word, it's recession. So it's basically like saying he who must not be named, but actually saying the word out loud. It's basically what it is. (laughs) But they're not the same thing. And we don't want to necessarily assume that the stock market coming down means recession is happening any second. But there are some things that I think can be challenging about the stock market coming down and some reasons the stock market is coming down that are related to the economy. So we're going to talk a little bit about what a recession actually is. And we're going to talk about how that affects the stock market, maybe not, and also how you can potentially protect yourself if there is a recession, or even if you need to be worried about it in the first place. So it's a a lot of stuff to cover, but at the same time, I think it's worth it because I think people are worried a little bit, and rightly so. So I think it's something worth unpacking. Any thoughts, Corey? No thoughts at all. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So I think recession uh, you know, it's, it can take on different meanings depending on the context it's used in. Um, it, it, it's, it has nothing to do with the stock market, although the two are correlated. Um, they aren't one and the same. Now, a bear market is, I think, commonly accepted as a term for when the stock market exceeds a 20% decline. So, like Rochelle mentioned at the time of this recording, it's flirting with bear market territory. It's kind of gone in and out of it throughout the month of June and I think May as well. Um, Whatever. The spring of 22, it's been kind of on that cusp of bear market in and out. Um, Now, the formally accepted definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of GDP decline. So gross domestic product and two quarters. So like January, February, March is a quarter, April, May, June is a quarter, etc. So a gross domestic product is a measurement in dollars of all the goods and services uh, sold in the United States. Now that includes incomes, I believe, as well. 
um, or produced, not just sold, but like the, the total production in America. And I guess, you know, other countries as well, if you're using their um, metrics, but we're talking about domestic here. So if America is in a recession, you know, if our GDP is less than it was previously for two quarters in a row, we are officially in a recession. Um, now, it's not quite that simple. You know, it's, the economy is a little more complicated than just a simple number that you can slap on a, a page because I think recessions definitely impact people differently. Um, there's the macro level and then the micro level and the personal level. Like if you, you, if you lose your job, you're definitely feeling the impacts of a recession. If you still have a job, you still have income, revenue, can still make your house payment, um, you may not really notice that we're in a recession, you know, on a personal level, at least. So it's it, it definitely, uh, it, it, it's hard to unpack, um, you know, in one short episode, but but we'll do our best here. Absolutely. I think there are some good examples of recessions that we remember, but like 2008, 2009, that was a recession bordering on depression, actually, which is significantly more GDP decline or just a longer period of GDP decline. And then at the beginning of COVID, this is where it gets a little bit complicated, but we actually had a very short recession. And it was, you know, significant GDP decline because people weren't working, they weren't traveling, they weren't buying stuff. Everyone was really worried. But we recovered from that one very quickly with extra money in the economy from stimulus, with people going back to work very quickly and all of that kind of stuff. So we're not currently like technically in a recession, but sometimes after the fact, economists will go back and decide something was a recession. And to be clear, in quarter one of 2022, GDP was actually down a tiny bit. It was like 1.6%, so so fairly small decline, but it, it did happen. So if that keeps up, we would potentially call that a recession. Not necessarily like a very, very deep recession, but you know maybe a small recession that we're in at this point. The thing is, is that we don't really know exactly what happens next from here. Like, does the GDP or the economy continue to decline? Do we kind of stabilize a little bit? And it, there's a lot of different factors that play into that. That's that's very complicated. So instead, we want to focus a little bit on, you know, how could a recession potentially affect you if it does happen? Because from from this point, it's fairly unpredictable if it's going to happen or not. What we do know is that the job market's still fairly strong. We've seen some companies start with layoffs and things like that. But overall, that number has been very small. So maybe people in the news cycle is fairly focused on particular companies doing layoffs and, and things like that. And some some sectors have been hit fairly hard, like the housing sector. But there's lots of other places where, you know, people can't hire still. Like where companies are still in a position where they have open job opportunities that they can't fill because there's not enough applicants. So that means, you know, there's not a lot of people that lose their job and don't have an option to get another job. It might not be exactly the other job that they want, but employment still looks very good. And that's that's very related to whether or not we start to see that GDP decline. So if that stays strong, it might be, you know, not so terrible for the economy. So that's one thing that we just don't really know. If there is some sort of recession or, you know, something that's a, a little bit more than we've seen in Q1 or if it lasts longer than Q1 or more people actually start losing their jobs, that's when it gets to maybe be a concern for more people. And as that GDP number starts to go down, as companies start making less money, 
that's when we can see more layoffs potentially and more job losses potentially. But the truth is that generally medical professionals are much more insulated than your average employee or your average worker in the economy because people still need health care. And that, that is one of the big things that I think is important to focus on. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be cautious. It just means that we don't want to necessarily be worried all the time about something that's not even going to happen necessarily. So you know a lot more about your personal situation. You know a lot more about the stability of the company you work for and the services that you're providing. So you probably have a good pulse on how secure your job is. And just kind of think about that. You know, if, if there is a recession and you still have your job and you can still pay your bills, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. If anything, it presents an opportunity for you. Often things are going to be at a discount. You can negotiate better rates for for things, um, refinance the mortgage potentially. So a lot of a lot of benefits in a recession if you're still employed and have income and can make ends meet. Um, but yeah, kind of from that thirty thousand foot view, you know, if we're in a recession, generally you're going to see companies earning less money because people are spending less money and therefore. People lose jobs because companies can't afford to pay as many workers if their revenues are down. More people losing jobs means less money being spent, etc. Um, so it, uh, you know, it, it potentially can spiral. Um, but you know, we've seen, at least up to this point in history, every single recession we've had, we've we've gotten out of it in due time. Some last longer than others. Now, specific to you guys. Like Rochelle mentioned, you know, people need healthcare whether they're in a recession or not. So, you know, the majority of physicians should be pretty well insulated. Um, now, if you perform a lot of elective procedures, you know, I think probably the easiest example would be if you're a, you know, plastic surgeon doing a lot of cosmetic procedures. Those, you know, might slow down a little bit. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, I don't think too many doctors are going to get laid off because of a recession. Sure, some might, you know, some practices might have to tighten things or you might have to take a pay cut, you know, but, uh, you know, but I, I don't think you're going to see a hospital say, oh, we're, we're getting rid of 50% of our hospitalists because our revenues are down. Like, that's probably just not happening. Um, fewer companies will be hiring. We kind of, you know, talked about this, uh, you know, cutting costs, cutting benefits, etc. You know, instead of firing people, maybe issuing pay reductions. Um, you know, we saw some of that during COVID. If you own a home, potentially being underwater in the mortgage, that was a big thing during the 2008 financial crisis when housing prices, um, you know, came down to the point where people's mortgage balances exceeded the value of their home, and that can be problematic. Yeah, a lot of people just kind of walked away for their home, especially second homes. A lot of people walked away from their second homes because, well, if it's worth less than what I owe, it's just, what's the point? Let's get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, like, fewer companies may be hiring and things like that. That can affect you if you're fresh out of training. You may just have fewer choices, which is kind of a bummer, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be able to be employed. Um, one thing that we saw a lot during COVID in terms of benefit reductions is that we saw a lot of companies pausing retirement matching, which sucks, but normally it's very temporary. That's a pause, not like a stopping thing forever. Um, but yeah, I think 
in general, you'll probably be able to pay your bills, but there may be some issues that, that you have to, that you come across. So we don't want you necessarily to be worried about like the overall like economy and like you're going to lose your job or things like that. But we do want to make sure that there's some insulation built into financial plans. And that's just something that we should have, even if we're not necessarily facing an economic turndown. It's something that you should have in your plan because other things can happen too. And so if we can build in a certain level of insulation to protect you from things like an economic turndown, then we can definitely build in protection to, you know, offset like you broke your leg and you can't go to work for three months or we have maternity leave or, you know, we need to take some extended time off for for family purposes or something like that. All of these things are good reasons to make sure that we have really good insulation built into the financial plan. And this is just another good opportunity to be talking about that. For sure. In terms of... Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say in terms of the things that you should be worried about, I would say like your job specifically. Look at that. Look at how secure that is. Maybe your partner's job if you rely on two incomes in your household. Um, Your ability to pay for things. So are things getting more expensive? Are they staying fairly steady? When the economy comes back, a lot of times you see a little bit of reduction in cost of things. not necessarily, but that's that, that's something to be paying attention to. You know, like, can I pay my bills effectively? Can I pay for our necessities? If we need to trim out a little bit of the extra, hopefully that's doable. The other thing that we may want to be paying attention to is your ability to retire. So especially if you're approaching retirement ba- age. But if you're really young and you don't even have a nest egg yet, you're just kind of barely starting, it's it's kind of a good thing that maybe the stock market has come back a little bit. And that sounds a little counterintuitive, but when we see big stock market declines and we're at the very beginning of when we're savings or we have very little in savings and we're just kind of like picking up momentum on that, all the money that you put in right now will be in at a point when the stock market is lower and it just has more runway to grow. So buying now compared to when you were buying in January or December of 2021 you get a lot more for all of the dollars that you're putting in. So, you know, obviously there's some things to be concerned about and just do a little risk assessment for yourself. But overall, I think, you know, it should be okay. And and there are things that you can do to attempt to offset those risks too. And I think those things that you can do are habits to practice all the time, not just because you think there might be a recession. And that's having a healthy emergency reserve fund. So if you do have a job loss or, or you know a, a reduction in income, we've got some reserves there to help cover expenses while we're recovering. Um, can't stress that one enough. Also, just living below your means. You know, if we're if we're living paycheck to paycheck, every dollar coming in goes out. I mean, you're skating on thin ice there. You know, one one crack and you could fall in. Um, you know, if your income drops a hair, well, do we pay the electricity bill, the kids' tuition, the car payment, the boat payment? How, like, what, what, what are we going to cut out? Are we eating rice and beans now instead of steak and lobster? I guess that would be an easy one, but probably not making a huge dent in the overall budget. Um, so I think it, it just in all times, live below your means, have an adequate emergency fund, just save for the sake of saving because it's fun and why not? Um, you know, watching the money stack pile up never gets old, in our opinion, but Rochelle and I are a little biased as financial planners. Um, 
And you know, we, we definitely don't want to pull out money from our investment accounts, especially ones that are earmarked for retirement purposes, because that's just going to exacerbate the impacts of, of the scenario and delay retirement exponentially, because you're losing out on that future compounding of those dollars. But if we're oversaving, we have a buffer built in to where we could reduce the amount we're saving if need be to make ends meet. Like again, if you, your income decreases, well, maybe we, we instead of saving 30% for retirement, we go back down to 20%, and then we're all fine and good. Um, you know, so that would be the the ideal scenario. If if you're over saving for your your goals, you're on a faster than necessary track. Um, you, you got some flexibility there to make some adjustments and not really have to change your overall lifestyle. And um, you know, it kind of gets back to to needs versus wants. You know what's important to you, and, and try and adjust your life and live your life to prioritize those things that are important and and give you the most fulfillment. Absolutely. Yeah. When just to circle back to the emergency reserve piece really quickly, one important thing to remember with that money is that it needs to be somewhere that's easily accessible just like a boring old savings account. And it's painful just to sit on money sometimes, but there has to be a certain amount of money that you can get to in an emergency where you don't have to sell investments when they're down and you don't have to pay fees to get out of it and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you have your money invested and that's your emergency money and it's down 20% and now you've lost your job and now you have to sell at a 20% loss just to get some money to meet your basic needs from month to month, that is like... That's an awful scenario. We don't want to have to do that. So ideally, you have some money that's just in a boring old savings account that's really, really easy to get to. And there's no fees. There's nothing. You know, there's no consequences to taking money out of that other than like now you have less in emergency reserves. (laughs) We have to work on building it back up a little bit. But that's what it's there for. That's the purpose of emergency reserves. One other thing that I think can be really challenging is if you are in a home and your home loses value, especially if you've taken out something like a physician home loan, and maybe now the mortgage on the home is higher, like the total dollar amount of the mortgage is more than the value of the home. And if you want to get out of that house, you basically have to pay the bank you know, to, to get out of it. Because you, when you sell a house, let's say you can sell it for 250 but you owe the bank 275 you're going to have to come up with that other piece to satisfy that mortgage if you want to get out of that house. So that can be really, really challenging. And I think a couple of things to keep in mind with home buying, like on the front end, is that ideally we give ourselves some time to make sure it's a really good fit and that we can be there for a few years so that if something like that does happen, we're not needing to sell when we're underwater. Um, we can't necessarily go back and rewrite history though. So let's say there's a situation where you did buy a house and, you know, maybe it's not the best fit and you really do want to get out of there. Like right now, home prices have stayed fairly steady. So I don't think it's a a huge issue yet. If we do see a decline in housing prices, one option to explore is potentially, you know, keeping that house and renting it for a while instead of selling it at a loss and like having to pay to get out of that mortgage. So if you can rent it for a while, maybe that just gives your house some time to rebuild that equity so that, you know, you can 
sell out of it at a future point when you can cover that mortgage with the, the cost or the, the price that you get for the home. So there's a lot of different things that you can potentially explore. I think a lot of people did that in, in the, the last recession. And we don't necessarily think that we're going to see these huge drops in housing costs like we did previously. There's a lot of things that were very different about that housing market than the housing market today. But I do think we could potentially see some decline in housing prices because they have gone up so fast so quickly. I think probably the biggest thing is, you know, the the ones that hit us the hardest are the ones that catch us by surprise. You know, we saw that with COVID. No one saw that coming, and look what happened. The whole world shut down for a few months in the spring of 2020. The housing crisis, financial crisis in 2008 – no one saw that one coming. Sure, maybe there was a couple people in, in corners of the world um, that were betting against the housing market and finance, but again, no one saw it coming. Uh, the tech bubble, everyone thought. Or like five people saw it coming, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tech stocks you know, were high flying. People were doubling their money in weeks. Like, this is never going to end. Uh, 9-11, no one saw 9-11 coming. Um, you know, so between the tech bubble bursting and 9-11, that drove us into a recession. And, and what happened right after 9-11, President Bush encouraged people to go spend money because, you know, he knew this is going to cause people to stay home, not travel places, worry about going out in public to large events. Like it's going to put a strain on the economy if people stop spending their money. And, you know, sure enough, we go into a recession. So with all of this, with all these headlines about recession, 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 everywhere you look, it's, you know, so-and-so CEOs expect a recession. These investment banks predict a recession. Some talking head says we're headed for a recession. So if we anticipate a recession, people are naturally going to start tightening their belts. Companies are going to, you know, reduce hiring. They're going to reduce spending on unnecessary things. Um, Personally, people will probably try to reduce their spending a little bit, and essentially it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, and we'll drive ourselves into a recession. Now, the nice thing is, if we can plan for it, it's a lot easier to manage. If this doesn't catch us, if everyone expects us to go into a recession, and we do go into a recession, we're expecting it to happen, it'll probably be a lot easier to weather that storm. Like, if you're whitewater rafting, and you see the rapids coming up ahead, you can brace yourselves. You can kind of see what direction to go and hopefully you have a decent guide or you have some experience and know what to do, but you can see it coming. It's a lot easier to plan for, a lot easier to manage when you see it on the horizon. So this is just purely opinions of myself and I think Rochelle, we're on the same page, but Mm -hmm. if we do go into a recession between just everyone expecting it and, you know, the current economic numbers, jobs, et cetera, you know, economy is still pretty darn strong. Um, I would speculate that this recession, if it happens in the near future, probably won't be quite as bad as the one in 08 and, you know, the early 2000s where we had like three years of, of, of struggle. Um, so who knows? We could be drastically wrong. Something could come along and catch us by surprise. You know, maybe this monkeypox thing is going to wipe out half the globe. Don't I, stop, Corey. <laughs> knock on wood. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But um, but yeah, you never know. Like, it's the thing that, that catches you by surprise. That It's the car you don't see that hits you. You know, if you can see it coming, you're, you're going to swerve out of the out of the way, slow down. You're going to avoid it. Um, 
if you can see it coming, you can at least brace yourself for impact if, it, if you can't avoid it completely. Yeah, absolutely. I love that we are trying to be like, it's the R word. And then we just said recession like 50 times, probably more. <laughs> but even if we don't say it, other people are saying it. And hence the self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit. <laughs> yes. It's all good, though. You know, be a little cautious. But at the same time, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. It is the, the morals of the story. You know, do your best to prepare and put yourself in a good financial situation every day. Yeah, if you can do that, especially if in, in the healthcare world where it's, you know, your job is fairly well insulated, you, you should be in good shape if we do go into a recession. If anything, it potentially could benefit you because if investment prices come down, you can buy low and, you know, hopefully we'll eventually come out of it and things will rebound and recover and you'll benefit from all the, the future potential gains. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Let us know if you have any opinions about what's going to happen next in this economy because no one knows and it's good to get all the feedback you can. All right. Have a good one. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on the affinitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at affinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC. 